to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. I have a confession that I got to share with you. It's a little story about my wife and I. So uh, last weekend, uh, my wife and I were having, we get up early in the morning and, and we just like to sit and read our Bibles. It's sort of what we do in the mornings. And uh, we enjoy doing that together. Not reading together, but we sit there. And so last weekend, we had a great, it was a great Saturday morning. We got up, the boys slept in, and we were just spending time reading our Bibles and, and just doing that kind of stuff is what we do. And so I, I'm, I go, honey, you know, I'm going to make breakfast this morning. <clears throat> she goes, do you need help? I go, no, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. And so I'm making breakfast, and I'm, I've got pancakes going on the skillet, and, you know, get the eggs mixed up, got the eggs mixed up. And don't, you, you, if you, I don't know how you are, I like to eat my breakfast hot. And so breakfast, you have to time correctly, okay? So, <clears throat> so you've got so you the pancakes going, and then I got them in a little heater so they're staying warm because the butter has to melt. If it doesn't melt, they're not good pancakes. Um, so I, I just have this, but I have one kid that can't have butter on his pancakes. So, you know, you, gotta, gotta, you can't put it on right away. So I've got the pancakes going. I've got the first, few, we've got the first set done. The first six are done. So then <clears throat> after pancakes are going, I'm, I'm going to get the eggs. Now it's like go time. Both have to go on. Both have to be cooking. I go back and forth in the kitchen, and I'm looking for salt and pepper. Now we have salt and pepper shakers on our, on our oven, our stove, but they're decorative. They're for pretty. They're for Christmas time. They're like llamas or something like that. I don't really know what they are and how llamas ever got involved with Christmas. We can ask Jesus later on. But <clears throat> so I go to grab them and I'm shaking them and I go, no, there's nothing in here. I go, Laramie, where's the salt and pepper shakers? Laramie, where's the salt and pepper shakers? And she goes, just look in the cabinet. I go, the big ones? The ones that you fill everything else up with? She goes, yeah, that's fine. I go, would it be that hard to have filled salt and pepper shakers out where somebody can grab them? That was the wrong thing to say. All of a sudden, the presence of my wife left the room. She went upstairs, and I knew I had done and said something I shouldn't. So I go and I continue to make breakfast, and it's done, but I could tell that there was a wedge between my wife and I. That there was a distance now of some just simple words of, would it be that hard? So I had to do something to mend that relationship. I had to say, honey, I'm so sorry. I didn't need to say that. But have you ever had those times where in a relationship, whether it's with mom or dad, brother, sister, friends, family, spouse, where you feel that wedge was put and there's something between you and them and something has to be done to resolve it. Have you ever been there? And maybe you felt that way with you and God. Where it's like, God, are you, what have I done? And why can't I hear you? And why do I feel like I'm getting the cold shoulder and why do I feel like I don't sense your presence anymore? Have you been there? Because I've been there too. And so to fix that solution on Saturday with my wife, I, I had to admit, honey, that's all me. I'm sorry. 
And it's amazing what an I'm sorry will do to heal. The thing is, she had already forgiven me. But the damage of a human relationship is different than the damage of a God relationship. <clears throat> human relationship, what happens is it, it sometimes takes some time to heal. Between us and God, you see, God's already forgiven us. What has to heal is our own heart and letting him fix that. This morning as we continue our series, Christmas Present, we're going to be looking how Jesus is present with us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for this morning. God, I thank you so much that you are a God who's present, who is in our midst, who desires to hear from us and speak to us. And Lord, I ask, God, that this morning, if there's some of us here and we feel like you are distant, Lord, may you be so close. For those of us, Lord, that we feel like there's been a wall put up between us and you, Lord, I pray that you would knock down that wall today. Lord, maybe there's, as we get into this holiday, this Christmas season, the next couple of days, Lord, there's a wedge between us and family, us and friends, and Lord, we're dreading seeing them. Lord, I pray that today you would give us a heart and a love and forgiveness in our lives, Lord, to break that wall down and to pursue restoration. Lord, because that's what you did for us. And Lord, that's what you've done, and that's what you desire to still do in lives all over. And God, I pray that as people are at churches all over the valley, and some churches have already started their Christmas Eve service, or yeah, Christmas Eve services, Lord. God, I ask that you'd speak to them, Lord, no matter where people are today. God, speak to your people. Lord, speak to your people at, at Cross Church, at, at Christ Church, at, at CCV, at Calvary, at redemption, Lord, Hillsong, Lord, wherever your people are going to church, I'd speak to them and speak to us at City View this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 is what we're looking at this morning. And we're going to be looking at sort of the story behind verse 23. And at this time in history in Matthew... God had been silent for 400 years. The last time God spoke to his people was through the prophet Malachi. And God has not spoken to his people since that day. There's this 400 years of silence. Can you imagine 400 years of silence? Can you imagine that? You see, in our home, there, there have been times where my wife and I, where we've been, it's been silent. Like, one of us hurt the other one. Usually it's me saying something stupid like, would it be that hard to have salt and pepper shakers filled? Usually it's me. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden there's that silence. You ever experience that silence? That quiet, that uncomfortable, chilling, makes, makes you not uncomfortable here, but sort of right here in your heart, that uncomfortableness? where you know something has to be done to fix it, to mend it, and you know one of you has to admit you're wrong, and you feel like it's always the other person, when really all it takes is an I'm sorry from you. Yeah. So there's this silence in the people of Israel. They had not heard from God, and it's been 400 years. 400 years is a long time. The Cleveland Browns have been going through a playoff silence for 16 years, if you know anything about football. 
They have not had a winning season in the last 12 years. Then you got the Cubs, who finally broke the silence of winning a World Series after, I think it was like 80, 90 years, something like that. It was 100 years. 100 years of silence. And then you've got the Suns and the Cardinals. If you're a fan here in Arizona, there have been those silences of those teams of not having great seasons, and it's tough. But can you imagine 400 years of silence? Of wondering, God, are you there? God, do you care? God, do we matter to you anymore? And all the people of Israel had to hold on to was the hope of what was to come. The things that were written in the past, looking to the future, that's all they had to hold on to. How would you break your silence if you were God? See, God breaks his silence with the announcement of his son. And this is what he says. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Look. The virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. God is with us. His silence is broken. Letting the world know, letting everybody know, my son is here. His silence is broken with an I forgive you, with an I love you, with an I I care about you, and I'm going to do anything and everything within my power to be with you. That's how God breaks his silence. It's not a, are you ready to say you're sorry yet? Have you ever heard that before? Oh, are, are you ready to apologize? Have you heard that? I've heard that before. I've said that before to my kids. Oh, are you ready to apologize? And they're like, for what? And I'm like, man alive. You you know, that's not how God breaks his silence. He doesn't break his silence with a judgment call to the world. He doesn't break his silence with with, with with criticism. Criticism, that's the word I was looking for. But he breaks his silence with, my son will be born Emmanuel. God with us. And as I read this this week, I thought, why was he not already with them? Why wasn't he already there? You see, what God breaks his silence with, it's not just him speaking, but it's him saying, I'm going to be present with you. That he would be among them. And and this is mind-blowing that the God of all creation would want to walk and be among people. Broken people like you and I. To the people that were living in this time, this silence that is broken is bigger than just good news. It's the idea of this relationship which is being spoken of here. God with us. It's, it's more than just like being in the same room. It's this, it's this idea. It's, this, it's God desiring to have this relationship with his people. And that's what's being said. It's God with us. It's, it's new to the people. But when was the last time his presence was with his people? You see, we have to go back to the beginning to see when God was present with his people. Back in Genesis chapter 3, if you want to turn there, you can go on the YouVersion Bible app. It'll be there. The verses will also be up here. So back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. 
You see, this is what God would do with his people. There was this presence that he had. He would, he would be with his people. He'd be walking there in the garden. Can you imagine this, these walks? You know, if you, I've never been on dating sites, but I know one of those things that people post is like, I love long walks on the beach. I love long walks. I love long sits on the beach too. I don't need to add exercise to my relaxation. I can just sit there and do nothing. I'm perfectly fine with that if God just wants to sit with me there. But his presence. And we see here in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, that there was this time when God would come to earth and walk with Adam and Eve. That he would be with his people. But you see, what happened right before this is Adam and Eve were in the garden and the serpent, the serpent of old came, and he tempted Eve. He tempted her, and he said, hey, eat this, and you will be like God. But what he didn't tell her is, you will understand good and evil, and you will also no longer be in his presence. The consequences of wanting to be like him, the consequences of wanting to understand these things meant separation from God for a very long time. And so when Adam and Eve ate of that fruit that day, that dreadful day, thousands of years ago, we come here after they ate that fruit and all of a sudden they knew it's three o'clock in the afternoon and it's our daily walk with God. It's God just asking us how our day was. Sort of like those times when you sit down for dinner. I don't know about you, but like my family, we eat together. And growing up as a child, I ate together with my family. And always, my parents would always ask, or I would ask my kids, how was your day? I'd ask my wife, how was your day? What did you do today? And we, we learned, and I wonder if that was this time of day. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And what did that sound like? What was it that, 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 that changed God walking in the garden than anything else? What, was there a presence? Was there a joy? Was there a hope? Was, was there love? What was it about his presence walking in the garden? They knew, it was, they knew it was him walking and not some animal walking. I don't know, but they knew God was there. And all of a sudden, the shame that gripped their heart, the shame that made them think we cannot be in the presence of God, the shame that makes us think, I cannot go to God right now. I, I cannot come before him. God, do you know what I did this morning? God, do you know what I did last night? God, do you know the things I've thought, the, the things I've said, the things I've done? God, do you know what I've done? I can't be in the presence of you. And so what they do, it says, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. And this was the last time where we see God really walking with his people. But you see, God didn't want that to end there. God desired that he would have a relationship with us. God desired that, that he would be able to walk amongst, among us again, that he would be able to be with us, that his presence might walk with us just like this, just like this morning. And maybe you can understand this hurt and the pain that Adam and Eve when they hid. Maybe even as you came to church today, you thought, man, why am I even going? I really want to be there, but man, there's something in me that says, God, do you care? God, are you there? God, do you hear? God, what's next? You know, I, I think so many of us, we can relate sometimes to this. 
And so what did God do? How did God set this plan up to where he might be in the, in the presence of his people again? Well, let's go back to Matthew chapter 1. And Matthew here in this passage, he's, he, he is writing about the conversation between God and Joseph, Jesus' father, his bio, not biological dad, his like stepdad, I guess you'd call him, adopted dad. And it's this conversation because Joseph just found out that his soon-to-be wife is pregnant with not his child. And that she was going to bear a son, and he doesn't know that it's God's son. All he knows is that it's his girl that he loves, and she's pregnant, and he knows he did nothing to make her pregnant, and he's going to leave her. But he wants to do it quietly because he don't, doesn't want to ruin her reputation because he loves her dearly. So he has this plan to do it quietly to help her transition out of the, the soon-to-be marriage. And he's going to move and they're going to just sort of have this separation. And then in that night, he has a dream, this vision. He has a visit from an angel. And it says in verse 20 of Matthew 1, But when he had considered this, considering leaving Mary, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. So many times when we see angels that come and meet people, their first words are, do not be afraid. And I don't think it's that they're scared of the angels. I think it's they're living in fear of the moment of what they're living in. Like so many of us, we fear what 2020 might hold. We, we fear what tomorrow might hold. We fear of the call we're going to get on Monday. We fear of, of the situation that might happen. We fear, am I going to have a job next year? We fear, is this going to work out? We fear, is my relationship really, is this still going to stick around? Or are we still going to be married by next year? What's going to happen with our children? We, we have these fears that come into our lives of what's next. And I think that's more what's going on with Joseph. It's not this fear of the angel, I think it's fear of the moments that are set before him. So this angel says, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And here's God's plan. She will bear a son and you will call his name Jesus. Savior. For he will save his people from their sins. And then the verse that we just read, verse 23. The angel says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. And she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. So this angel says, for she will have a son and he will save his people from their sins and he will be God with us because that wedge, that separation that was between us and God, between God and mankind, the sin that was there had to be destroyed, had to be gotten rid of. Something had to, do, something had to be done for that sin to be gone. It was the same as my wife and I. For, for that wedge to be gone, for, for that situation of my stupidity in saying the words that I said, something had to be done to mend that bridge. I had to say, I'm sorry. But the only reason forgiveness was even possible was because Jesus first forgave me and he showed me what forgiveness really looks like. And he 
showed me how far I am from being perfect. And so God sets up this plan that his people might be saved from their sins. And this plan was going to cost him everything. But you're worth it. You're worth the greatest gift ever given to mankind. You're worth it. You know, when I think about gifts, and I don't know, I, I like to give gifts. When you think about gifts, and you think about those big gifts, the important gifts, the, the gifts that you put a lot of time and a lot of thought and a lot of heart into. That's what God did with his son, Jesus. He put all that time and all that heart and all that thought into giving his son. He was not going to spare anything because he wanted to knock down that wedge between us and God. He wanted to get rid of that separation. He wanted to get rid of those things that were in the way of us. You see, when my wife and I had our little tiff, and it didn't last long. It was, it seriously was short. But man, I felt it, and I didn't like it. And I still, like, I'm like, man, did I have to be so rude? Because words can hurt, and words hurt deep, don't they? Words can hurt deep for a really long time. I'm glad I stopped at what I said, and I didn't go more. Not that I'm a living jerk, but I can be a complete jerk, because I'm a real person. But man, I had to fix that as quick as possible. You see, and that was God's plan as well. I've got to fix this relationship as quick as possible. But the people had to know that they needed this forgiveness. You see, I had to know how sinful I was. And man, I felt it in that moment. As soon as my wife walked away upstairs, I was like, oh gosh, what did I do? And that separation of moments, minutes, and the cold passes as she'd walk by, and I'm like, I could feel that. You know, sort of like in Sixth Sense, I see dead people. It's like, <laughs> I feel silence. I feel that. Shivers. So Jesus came to show us the love of God. You see, when Jesus came to earth, he was God in person. He was everything God is, and God wanted to show his people. When we, when we see Jesus and when we look at the life of Jesus in the book of Matthew and Mark and Luke and, and John, and we see Jesus' love for people, we see Jesus' love for children, we see Jesus' love for the hurting, love for the broken, willing to break rules and break laws to reach those who were considered dirty and unclean and those who are not worthy to be in the presence of God, when we see Jesus do that, God is saying, that's who I am. That's who I am. And that's what I want to do, and that's what I want to be, and everything that you see in my son is everything about me. I'm God with us. In Colossians, we see, and you're not going to have these verses up here, Colossians 1.15, it says, and Jesus is the image of the invisible God. In Hebrews 1, 3, and Jesus is the radiance of his glory and the exact reputation of, um, representation of his nature. In John, verses, uh, John chapter 1, verses 1, 14, and 18, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. And no one has seen God at this time, the only begotten God, who is in the bosom of the Father. He has been explained to him. You see, Jesus came to be God with us. Jesus is present. 
And I think so many of us, we live thinking God is up there and I am down here. And is that just the relationship of what this God relationship is? And it's so much bigger than that. It's so much bigger than that. A couple weeks ago, I was sitting on my couch. And I get up and it's just my daily routine. It's what I do. I sit on my couch and I I read, read God's word in the morning. It's what I do. Back in 1998, I think it was, I was outside, and I've shared this story with you, but it's one of the first times when I really heard God, or God really spoke to me in a special way. You've got to make those times. If you don't hear from God, are you making time to hear from him? You're making time. So I'm sitting outside at, at, at the Bible college I went to, and, and God spoke to me in this psalm, Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. And God has used that verse multiple times in my life. He's used that verse to encourage me. Well, a couple weeks ago, I'm sitting on the couch, and I, I'd, spent, um, I'd spent some time just praying. And in my praying, and praying for the church, and praying that God would move, and praying all these things. And Have you ever got wrapped up in your brain where you're praying about good things, but all of a sudden your brain turns in on yourself, and you start looking at a failure? Anybody else ever do that where your brain starts turning bad on you in prayer? You ever do that? You're like, God moment. Oh, God, you're amazing. Oh, God, you're awesome. Oh, Jeremiah, you're terrible. Oh, Jeremiah, you're a failure. Oh, Jeremiah, you stink. And I'm like, wait a minute. Where in the world did this come from? Am I the only one? I saw like five hands, so thank you. I do that. I'm like, and so I'm praying, and all of a sudden, I'm praying. I'm like, God, I just ask that you'd help. Bless the church, all these things. And I'm like, I'm a failure. I stink at this job. God, I'm a, I'm a bad leader, and I, this is where my brain goes. It's just where it went. How I don't know why it went there. It just did. And I start going all negative. I'm like, man, God, I, am I the right person for the job? And am I doing, and I just, I, I start getting discouraged. Just where I was. It was a Monday morning. And I go, and I open up this devotion that I, I've been, I haven't finished it yet. It's called 40 Days of emotionally healthy spirituality, I think is what it's called. It's a short devotional. But I, it's taken me longer than 40 days. <clears throat> I'm a little slow. So if you're a little slow going through some devotions, it's okay. I am too. So 40 days, I think I got it at the beginning of the year, so I hopefully I'll finish by the end of the year. Um, so I, and I didn't know what I was going to read, so I open up that morning, and guess what verse God had for me that morning? Psalm 46, verse 10. God said, be still and know that I am God. God said, Jeremiah, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. And in that moment, I sensed God's presence. And in that moment, I knew that God was with me. And in that moment, I knew that, okay, God's like, Jeremiah, I got this. But here's the thing, I had to set aside those moments. And there's been moments where it's, he's been silent and I still have to go and I read and I know that God will be faithful. And in those moments, there are those silence, silent moments, but you see, there's still a presence about God. The other day I was texting a fellow pastor friend of mine and I knew he had been going, pastors go through it, just so you know. Pastors just go through hard times, we just do. We're, probably emo- we're super emotionally unhealthy people sometimes. Um, <clears throat> look at David, I mean David was like a train wreck half the time. And So I texted a buddy of mine and I, and I didn't, to be honest, I didn't know what was going on in his life. He's just a fellow pastor over at Agape and I just texted him and said, hey dude, 
praying for you. Hope you're doing good. Praying for your services for Christmas Eve. I just pray that God does amazing things. Let's pray for revival in 2020. That was, that's what I told him. And he texts me back, and he says, you have no idea how much I needed that today. And it was a simple thing to me, to be honest. It was a copy and paste, and I just put the church's name and the pastor's name in the text, and I sent it to all my pastor friends. To be totally honest with you, if you're watching, Chris, I'm sorry, I love you, but I really meant it, um, but I didn't want to type a total personal. But I meant everyone I prayed. But it was amazing at how God can speak and be present in a text. You see, when God tells his people there, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, he says, the verse right here, he says, look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. This morning, no matter where you are, no matter what's going on in your life. God is with you. No matter how far you've run, you cannot outrun God. No matter how much you've sinned, you cannot sin so much that God can't forgive you. And maybe there's people in your life that have outrun you. They have, they have hurt you. They have, they have done things that distance themselves from you. And I want to encourage you. Can you be like Jesus this season? Can you love like him? Can you per pursue relationship like he did? You know, as I looked at this passage and as I was putting this together over the past few weeks, and I saw this, Emmanuel, God with us, and I thought, why wasn't he already? And then I was reminded of my wife and I. And I was reminded, Laramie with us. But why wasn't she already? Well, Jeremiah, you sort of messed it up over salt and pepper. Adam and Eve sort of messed it up with some fruit. But Jesus forgave with his life. And this morning, no matter where you are, he says, can I be your Emmanuel? God with you right here in this room. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. Lord, I thank you that you are with us. Lord, that you don't push us away, but you draw us close. Lord, you desire to be in our presence. You desire to be in our celebration. You desire to be in our gifts. You desire to be in each and every moment of our life. Jesus, you are present. And you're the best present anybody could ever receive. And if you are here this morning, right now, if you are a person sitting in one of these seats and you know you've, you've pushed God away, you, you have denied him, you, you, you said you don't want anything to do with him, but you're realizing he wants everything to do with you, I want to encourage you. 
to cry out to him now, to receive his forgiveness, to receive his love, to allow him to set you free from the guilt and the shame and the pain that so holds us that's called sin, that God says, but my son was present to forgive you of that. If that's you this morning, pray with me. Say, dear God, forgive me. Dear God, set me free. Thank you for sending your son as a gift for me. God, I believe. In Jesus' name. If you prayed with me this morning, if you would keep your eyes closed, your heads bowed, if you prayed with me this morning, would you raise your hand? I have something for you. I have something I'd like to give to you. My ushers will be giving that. If there's anybody in here this morning that prayed, would you raise your hand that I might give you that? Lord, I know that there are different ones of us who are at different stages. Some of us, Lord, our relationship with you is good, but our relationship with somebody else might not be good. If our relationship with somebody else is not good, that means our relationship with you is not as good as we think it is. Lord, I've been there. And God, I pray that you... Lord, that you would mend all things. Lord, that you are your restorer of life and a restorer of relationships. Lord, I pray, God, that you would move in our lives in amazing ways. And Lord, help us to realize that you are present with us this morning. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com.